It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey, 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 welcome to the Fox Across America Game Ball Presentation Ceremony. It's not really a ceremony. It's not like a band. Nobody's giving a speech besides me. Yeah, it's not like a banquet where they come by with the three-colored ice cream. You get the chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. I missed that stuff as a little kid. I'm so fat and hungry. But every week, I like to highlight an interview that either, you know, made me laugh or kind of intellectually stimulated me in a new way of thinking about an issue. Uh, this week's winner... Did none of that. This is a pretty serious conversation. We agreed on most everything that came out of each other's mouths. Uh, but we spoke with the best of intent when it comes to the issue of school shootings and the weaponization of trans ideology by the Democrats and the demonization of right-wing conservatives by the Democrats, uh, the rhetorical war on Christians, and to be honest, the all-around gaslighting over which side wants to commit violence. As you're listening to this game ball cer- ceremony, we have a Trans Day of Vengeance, okay, underway down in Washington, D.C. It's called the Trans Day of Vengeance to Combat Trans Genocide. A genocide, the extermination of an entire group of people through force and death. Is that happening in our country? No. Somebody's clearly being misled and gaslit, and no one did a better job of speaking to that reality than Chris Bedford, a Fox News contributor, somebody I love having on the show, somebody who absolutely played a lot of offense in this interview, but I think a lot of what he was saying needed to be said. I do believe it came from the heart, and for that reason, he can now come up to this pretend ceremony here at the podium and get his game ball. Hey, man. <laughs> it's called Makeup, Please Foundation. <laughs> Eyeshadow. <laughs> I have, dude, I don't even know where to start. I, I, I always at least feel like there's some place to start in the political food fight that we inhabit now full time. Uh, but a day, of, a day of Vengeance, which, by the way, it's from Friday to Sunday. Uh, to me, doesn't sound like uh, a, a peaceful protest. It sounds like a mostly peaceful protest. And, and it kind of sounds like the kind of thing you'd want to call off yeah. after there was a transgender mass murder of children at a Christian school. Thank this you. Is the kind of thing that you'd say, you know, maybe maybe we should sit this one out. Mm. Maybe we should just kind of calm down a little bit here and, 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 and think about what's going on and think about where we are as a country. But I, 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 I suspect that if you're big on self-reflection and taking it easy and, you know, really thinking about your decisions, you wouldn't be involved in that movement uh, in the first place. Well, there's that. Uh, did you see that? Speaking of thinking of your decisions, Katie Hobbs, as press secretary, just resigned. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't seen that yet. Yes. It's like, I mean, it literally happened moments ago. So, yeah, I didn't mean to dump that on you. But, of course, for the listeners who aren't familiar with the story, after the shooting went down in Nashville, she posted a meme of a girl holding a gun in each hand saying, this is what we do when we see transphobes, which I got to be honest, the media didn't have a lot of interest in the story, but thankfully at a local level they did. And I would, you know, this is addition by subtraction, no? I know. I mean, this is a, this is a violent movement. Every aspect of it is, is violent. The cure for it is, is violence against yourself. And, you know, there's, or at least that's what, the, that's what they're pushing. Mm-hmm. With the trans movement, we've gotten everything so backwards. They're, the insurance companies and the activists and everyone else that's behind this say that in order to show compassion for folks who are suffering or who are dealing with a lot of difficulties in their lives, we must, uh, we must agree with everything they say. We must 
vindicate them. We must reinforce them. We must back them in whatever decisions they want to make. And this includes children. And if parents try to get involved, even in red states like Texas, their children could be taken away from them if they're on the wrong side of this. Uh, Every single aspect of it is about affirming and anything against it is considered violent so you have to feel for these parents of kids who are dealing with this and these friends of kids who are dealing with this because if you don't affirm it then then you're apparently doing violence to them and you're a threat and the answer to that the answer to actually being threatened in violence is typically in people's minds violence and it, it always brings me back to the do- dr john nash uh, the famous mathematician who just died a few years ago he was in that character he was uh, played by russell crowe in a beautiful yep. mind this is somebody who was a genius. This is someone who had a lot to offer society. This is also someone who suffered from serious delusions and had real bouts of mental illness. And he, he was still a beautiful person, someone who should be celebrated, someone who should be shown compassion, someone who should be cared about. But no one ever went out there and said, hey, Dr. Nash, that voice you just heard was real. If you're right, Dr. Nash, everyone who's wearing a red tie is a member of the Communist Party and that's they're forming a new government. No one ever confirmed his and affirmed yeah. his his wildest ideas and instead they tried to help him and we've lost track of that as a people not to get too serious sorry no i do i get it though chris bradford is on is on the line uh we're having a grown-up talk about the country no it it starts with this very basic premise for me when they say something like a little five-year-old kid needs gender affirming care that's actually ideology affirming care that's their parents forcing this on a kid when they're still very fluid in their development kids are not born trans they don't know what that is they just got out of a body okay now they're in their own and they have no idea what the hell's going on and they're trying to make sense of the world but i believe they've kind of forcing this on younger kids because there's a built-in political ideology that comes with being trans. And I think Republicans that are expressing skepticism of whether or not this is being done with the kids' best interest in mind are being portrayed as hateful bigots. So on some level, do you think, because I do, I think the media bears a lot of responsibility when it comes to the violence because they're telling the trans community we're out to kill them. When none of us are expressing that view, there's nobody on TV tonight going, yeah, we need a trans genocide. But according to this rally this weekend, it's their response to trans genocide. So do you think the media is kind of fueling what what I guess would be a paranoia? Yes, completely, because the violence against trans people myth is completely a myth. The greatest threats to the transgender community are themselves. Suicide rates are, I think, five or six times what they are for their peers in different age categories and income brackets. Uh, behind that, the, the number of violence, violent incidents against trans people are caused by romantic relationships or drug dealers or friendships gone wrong because a lot of the times folks who are in that lifestyle generally inhabit a seedier and more dangerous uh, world and, and, and are more ex- ex- exposed to violence because of that. It's not Christian school children hunting people down or pastors or Fox News radio hosts. That's completely insane. But they push this, and this victimization is completely central to it. And then they say, oh, well, it's not a social contagion. It's just people are finally allowed to be themselves. Mm. Well, if that was the case, because now anyone can do it, why is it so concentrated in the young and not the old and not the people who are middle-aged? Why yeah. is it so concentrated in women as opposed to men? Mm-hmm. None of that adds up. It's, it's a social contagion. And I, I mean, I look back and I think – uh, it's shocking that I survived my teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the things I did, the you know, climbing buildings to spray paint and the side of things. It's just absolutely ridiculous stuff. Destructive, mm-hmm. self-destructive, and dangerous. 
But thank God none of this stuff was available. I mean, punk yeah. rock's got me in enough trouble. Uh, <laughs> the, the things that the children now are exposed to, they give them an upper hand, <laughs> and they give them a, a part of a, a meaningful club. Mm-hmm. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, they're not good for the kids. Yeah, punk rock was one thing. Junk rock is, uh, wow. <laughs> Cut off, <laughs> cut off your junk rock is taking it to a whole nother level. It's like even we, Sid Vicious would think that was weird. <laughs> He's like Gigi Ravel's like, oh hell no, I don't know, I can't go with you on this one. Yeah, um, Gigi Allen, was yeah, Gigi no Allen, that's you. what I meant. Gigi Ravel, I combined him with Buddy Ravel, the bad guy in one of my favorite <laughs> '80s comedies, Three O'clock High. Uh, Chris Bedford, this is another thing about this that no one really speaks to. Okay, um, we were kind of having this discussion earlier on the show. Is if you are in fact transitioning. You are in a very volatile place emotionally because you're being pumped full of hormones that don't naturally occur in your body. It's kind of like, you know, when like a bodybuilder gets roid rage and snaps and is prone to a fit of violence because there's something unnatural going on. That's also a part of this that we're really not supposed to be discussing in the eyes of the left. But I think we're right to point it out because you are in a lot of ways destabilizing a large group of people. And if you're going to destabilize them from a, a you know chemical standpoint and tell them they're under attack and everybody's out to get them, I mean, it's, it's almost like you could expect more of this, not less of it. It's uh, for the people who are out there professionally, the, the American Psychiatric Institute, the pharmaceutical companies, a lot of the hospital systems, which are pushing this at a dramatic level. For them to take folks who are already suffering with feelings of emotional isolation and social isolation, people who are suffering with social skills as social media has expanded, people who feel that they're from that don't have a future, and to tell these people, buy my product, get this surgery, take this pill, potentially uh, destroy your ability to ever have children, mm-hmm. remove your breasts, disfigure yourself, and also everyone else is out to get you. It's not surprising when you see that, that I think four of the last major uh, shooters, mass shooters, shooters yeah. have, been tra- have been people who were suffering, supposedly suffering gender identity. Yep. And I bet if this was a thing that had gone back as a few years prior, I guarantee people like Adam Lanza would have definitely been fallen into that category. There's a lot of social mistresses out there that are being preyed upon yep. by the folks that are supposed to be helping them. And, you know, we hear people go out there and say, hey, we, we have a social we, – we, we have a, a mental illness problem in this country, and that's true. The difficulty is we can't just send in psychologists and psychiatrists yeah. because the inmates are taking over the asylum. I know. It's, I mean, it's, it's, the psycho- psychologists and psychologists are psychiatrists are the people who are telling folks and yeah. making money and giving out these different pills and suggesting these different surgeries. Yeah. Uh, so we, we need to, we need strong governors and strong legislatures, le- legislators like they actually had in Tennessee that say no more of this. We're, we're not doing it, and you're not going to hold us captive either. No. Spot on. We're talking to Chris Bradford, and lest anybody doubts – that people would be pushing surgeries and drugs with no understanding for what the long-term health effects would be on kids and their development. Understand that we're having this conversation. We're an hour removed from the World Health Organization just announcing that healthy kids and teenagers don't need the vaccine. And understand, a year ago, it was mandatory for your healthy kid or teenager, and they couldn't go to school, couldn't board a plane, couldn't participate in polite society if they didn't have one. So the idea that people don't think they're making cavalier medical decisions because it conforms with a political ideology like that, that train has left the station. But I don't think a lot of people get that. Like, do you think, do you, like, for real, do you think on some level... You know, a lot of us on the right, we, you know, we, we expressed a lot of skepticism with the vaccine and the mandates and everything in between. 
But do you think a lot of people are just willfully ignorant or they lazy so they just want to trust maybe big pharma and the government? Like, what do you chalk? What do you attribute that to? I mean, that this is the Mount Everest sized pile of things that we were right about the entire time. I can't think of anything that we've talked about in the show regarding COVID that we weren't correct about where nope. it came from, uh, which which things will work. Whether the vaccine was a good idea, whether children need it, whether children get it, whether schools are, are shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think people are frightened and they want to trust uh, a lot of America. I mean, you saw the survey that came out this week mm-hmm. that basically validated what everyone already knew, that religiosity has gone down, uh, trust in any institution is massively down, patriotism is massively down. But we are humans, and we like to think of ourselves as, oh, we're so smart. We've shattered the dumb myths that held our ancestors together and kept them grounded, and we've replaced them with our own gender-bending understanding of reality. But humans still need things to believe in. They need experts. They need law. They need something outside of themselves that they can follow because it's a really scary world out there. Mm-hmm. And the expert class, the educated class, this cult of science, which has been a, a problem in Western civilization for half a millennia, has really taken the place of, of right and wrong and mm-hmm. good and evil. And you know, I, I walk past people in my neighborhood who still have the science outside in this house we believe in science. I just want to knock <laughs> on the door and be like, that one still? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one's fine. <laughs> But that seems silly, doesn't it? I I get the coexist sign, even though you don't want to coexist with anyone who disagrees with you. (laughs) I I get the hate has no home here, even though you called for me to be killed because I didn't vote the way you did. But science! My brewery brewery has a big sign that's like, pregnant nursing women are welcome here. It's a brewery. Uh, Observant Muslim women are welcome here. It's a brewery. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be going there. But but really what those signs usually mean is, like, I'm not welcome there. Yep. Yeah. my mouth shut and it's like it's good beer it's, it's so funny that's so funny because you know what Chris Rock had a bit in his stand-up special about how he's like he's talking about like Lululemon and he's like you're just selling yoga pants I don't need your yoga pants politics but what's funny about him talking about the sign in the window he talked about the jokes and he doesn't care to hear about their politics but what I think is the bigger joke in all of this that no one really speaks to is when people put up these signs declaring what's welcome here and what isn't welcome they do so with a self-righteousness as if the house next to them or the store next to them has a sign saying the other. You know what I mean? Well, in this store, we don't actually support gay rights or minority people or anything in between. <laughs> like, that store's not out there, you know? And, and it's like such a straw man thing. Yeah, but when you don't have any sacraments, then you have to, some, some other way you have to profess your innocence, some other sacrifice you have to make, you there's some other ass sackcloth that you have to wear out in the desert. And for these folks, it's just a sign in front of their uh, mansion that says this. I mean, the nicest towns you go to uh-huh. have the most of these signs by far, where people have people are so yes. far up the pyramid of needs. They, they don't really need anything other than to feel like they're not going well, to a hell they claim not to believe in. Well, they put the sign out in front. Well, do you know, want to know what they need? This is funny. But you know how, like, kids, they one of the things they always say is, like, if you have, like, low self-esteem – Never ask a child to draw you because a child will draw you (laughs) like in a really unflattering way that will highlight the things they see wrong with you. You dig? And it's funny because that weird cynicism that's in children, if you go back to 2020 when the country locked down, Mm -hmm. 
And we had what looked like it was like a societal collapse in June of 2020 with the George Floyd riots and everything. We were driving around. Me, Jenny, and Lincoln would leave the house on, like, the weekends and go drive around when the whole country was locked down. So, like, literally, you're on the Long Island Expressway. You're the only car on the road. It was far out. Like, we drove into the city. Yeah, it really was actually, like, to a former New York City cab driver who was in gridlock 15 hours a day. I'm like, I think this Fauci fella's on to something. I'm kind of liking this lockdown. (laughs) And then we ran out of Tiger King episodes, got a little worked up. But stick with me. When we were driving around in the summer of the George Floyd riots, right, my son, who at the time was 10 years old, was seeing all of these hate has no home here BLM signs on front lawns and through no prodding because he wasn't like politically active and we don't talk politics in the house. And he actually goes, he's like, these people only have these signs because they don't want to get a rock through their window. And I was like, dude, that is, and we know that to be true. It is so spot on. And like the richest communities where they have no need, other than like you said, to unite against this boogeyman or this fake straw man, there was just also the concern that if the protest spilled into town, they didn't want to rock through the kitchen window. So they were like, yeah, hey, there's no home here. Coexist. What percentage of lawn signs would you say were designed to protect the kitchen window? My old landlord's for sure. He was a former Jesse Helm staffer who had a... An Obama Obama sign in his front yard during the riots. If you got close enough to the door, you saw the NRA sticker. It was explicit. And my 10-year-old kid knew that, and he knew that, which means deep down a lot of adults know that, Bedford. It's so funny. We have literally – I was thinking in my head, like, we really sound like the old men being like, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. And the conversation (laughs) is now officially about our front lawns. Like, we've we've officially gone there. Uh, Those old men were right. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Get Get off my lawn. Especially the guy in St. Louis who got prosecuted for pulling out a gun. You know, he wound up getting vindicated. You know, get off my damn lawn. Uh, Chris Bedford, uh, unfortunately, we do have to get off this radio lawn, but Epic Hang, as always, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. You're the best, buddy. All right, that's going to do it for the Fox Across America Game Ball presentation ceremony. We are back on the air live in action Monday, and you better be there, damn it. Until then, have the best weekend allowable by law. I am out the door. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.